mighty name of Jesus, we just want to thank you so much for who you are. We want to thank you for your greatness in our lives. We want to thank you, Father, that you have really come to set us free and you have come to, to lead us into that life that you have for us, oh, Father God. And therefore, this morning, as your word goes out, we pray, Lord Jesus, for a deeper revelation of just who you are in our lives, oh, Father God, and that our lives will be consumed by who you are, oh, Father God, and we will, we will really begin to live our lives the way you want us to live it, based on who you are, Father. In Jesus' name, Father, I just thank you, Holy Spirit, that you just come and remove any misconceptions that we, we may have about you, that we may have about the Father this morning, and we really pray just for truth to come and prevail. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. So knowing God, this is going to be a five-part series um, that we're looking at. And the first three weeks, we're going to look at the omnis of God. Um, we're going to look at God is omnipotent, God is um, omnipresent, God is um, omniscient. And then we're going to look at uh, God is benevolent and God is immutable. And some of you might be thinking, oh, these words, what do they mean? They're so, like, these are huge words. But don't worry. We're going to go through each one of them. We're going to explain every one of them, and we're really going to trust that God is going to release the full package of his nature and, he, and who he is. And it's just um, really important to know that, and I often say this, the image of God that we have in our minds nah? and in our hearts is the image of God that we worship, and it's the image of God that will really determine how we live our lives. So if we've got a distorted image of who God is, then we will live short of what God wants us to achieve and what God wants to bring to us. But if we really have an understanding of this God that we've come to serve, it is so awesome how life will just flow from our bodies um, and in our lives, basically. The life of God is just flowing through us, through our spirits. We're living out life the way God wants us to live it. And, 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 and Satan really has um, an agenda and has had an agenda for years now to distort the image of God so that we may not understand fully who God is. And there are all sorts of questions that are going around and all sorts of philosophies and all sorts of um, materials just going around questioning God's nature, questioning God's existence, questioning how God really is, and if we can really know this God, because one minute is like this, and the next minute is like that, so we never really know God. But to be honest, God's desire has always been for, for us to know Him. Yeah? From the time of Adam and Eve, His desire has been that we be in relationship with Him, and that we know who He is, and how He operates. Okay? So we're going to dive into that. Today we're going to look at God is omnipotent omnipotent okay now the word omnipotent is a latin word which means god's power is infinite and unlimited omni means all and potent we all know we all know potency is power okay it's almighty it's all powerful so we're going to look at that nature that attribute of god today what does it mean when we say god is almighty what does it mean when we say God is all-powerful? How does God's power work? And, 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 and what does that mean for me serving God today? The word um, 
omnipotent, you really don't find it in the Bible, but I'll explain later. Uh, but most of the time when you read in your Bible, it is the word that is uh, referred to when we read the word almighty. And this word you find in the Bible at least 345 times throughout the Bible. Almighty God, almighty, the Lord almighty reigns, the Lord almighty. Okay, so it's referring to that word omnipotent God. And though we don't find the word omnipotent in the Bible, there's only one place in which we find the word omnipotent. And guess where it is? Revelations 19 verse 6. And this is the trick only in the King James Version. No other version <laughs> will you read that word omnipotent. Only King James Version, Revelations 9 verse 16, I mean 19 verse 6, where it says, And I heard as it were the voice of a great multitude, and as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of mighty thundering, saying, Alleluia. For the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Yeah? That is the only time you'll find that word in the Bible, if you have a King James Bible. The rest of the time, you read almighty, and that's referring to God's omnipotence. Awesome. I don't know, for some weird reason, that the Lord God om omnipotent reigneth it reminds me of Julius. He loves speaking King James English. Yes, the Lord reigneth. <laughs> you know? But um, we need to know that omnipotence really refers to God's mighty power, that he is all-powerful. That even as we were listening to this clip, it says that he will share his glory with no other. There is no God that he can ever be compared to. No God can compare to God. Okay? If, you're, if there's any other greater God, then we're worshiping the wrong God. Because the God we worship must be the God of the highest power. Because we know that that is the God that we can trust with our lives. And this is who this God is that we've come to worship. Okay? Nothing can thwart God's purposes. Do you know that? Whatever God purposes to do, he will accomplish and he will finish. Even though the enemy may try to resist God's plan, will always stand. Even though we may resist him and decide, I'm not going to follow you. I'm not going to do what you're saying me to do. I'm going to do something else. He's going to try and persuade us. But if we're not, we not interested, he's going to raise up somebody else. But his purpose will always remain standing. That which God has purposed will remain standing. That which God has planned for your life will remain standing. It doesn't matter who will try to do what. God's word for you is yes and amen, and his purpose will remain standing. Okay? And we need to be convinced about that. The second thing is, what God starts, he will finish. It's the same thing. God does not leave a job half done. <laughs> you know, sometimes people say, God, God just left me hanging here. <laughs> you know? He said one thing, and then we started, and now things are hanging. He said, I must start a business, and then I started a business, and now things are hanging. It doesn't look good. Yeah? He said, I must go to this nation, and now I'm in this nation, now things are hanging. God doesn't leave things hanging. God always finishes his work. From Genesis, 
Yeah? When he finished his work and he rested, it is still the same nature. It's still the same God that we're serving today. So God is not going to start with you and then find somebody more exciting and leave you on the side. Yeah? It's true. Sometimes we think like that. Yeah? God is not, just because we experience it with people or with friends or with family members, that's not who God is. He's not going to start something with you and tease you and leave you there and find somebody else. You know, that's not how God operates. God always finishes what he started in our lives. He always finishes what he started in the universe. He always finishes what he wants to see through. Okay? So it's very important. Philippians 1 verse 6 says, Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Okay? He will finish what he started. And, 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 and since God is living inside of us, and this is the God we're serving, we need to become people that are also like that. They don't start things and leave them hanging. Okay? Unless you know the Lord is saying, you started something that's really off. <laughs> Just leave that thing, let's move on. Yeah? But God's nature is he always finishes what he started. And when we think of God's might, his power, we need to remember that it's not just a destructive power. That just one minute is volcano here, the next minute there's shaking there. God is just displaying his power and anything can happen at any time. And God just does whatever all the time. Okay? We need to understand that God also has a nature. And everything that he does will always be true to his nature as God. Okay? Though he's all-powerful, he can do anything, whatever he pleases, when, whenever he pleases, whenever he wants to, but always true to his nature. And so there are four things that I can think about that we need to remember that God cannot do. Okay? Because of his nature. Not because he's limited by his power to do so, but because of the nature of who he is. And the first thing is, God cannot deny himself. God is faithful. Okay? In the book of, of 2 Timothy 2 verse 13, it speaks about how if we are, if we are faithless, he remains faithful. Because he cannot deny himself. And, and, and one, of those, one of the things we need to see in this faithfulness of God is the fact that his word is his bond. When he speaks, it is so. Yeah? He doesn't say one thing, and then later he says, oh, I was just joking. Yeah. No, that's not God. That's maybe a person, but that's not God. What he says is his bond. That's why when he promised the Israelites, that they were the chosen people and that he will continue being their God and, you, and, you will, and, and they, were, they were his people, a chosen gener- a nation, he, he could never take that away. Even though they sinned and they did all sorts of things, he will bring people to, uh, I mean, nations to come against them so that they can suffer and they can go through all sorts of things to be reminded of their God to go back. But he never disowned them as a nation. Because of the promise that he gave them. Okay? 
So God does not deny himself. The second thing is God cannot lie. God cannot and he will not lie. The Bible says God is not a man that he should lie. So he will never lie to you. He will never lie to me. So we must always remember when God speaks a thing, he will see it through. Sometimes it will take longer. Sometimes it happens immediately. But what God has spoken, whether it's Rhema word or whether it's through his Logos word, he will make sure that it comes to pass. Okay? The third thing is, God cannot be tempted by evil. God cannot be tempted by evil. And God does not tempt us with evil. No? Have you ever heard people making statements like, Oh, I don't know why God is tempting me, man. God is really tempting me here. He's testing me and I don't know if I can take it. Okay? God does not tempt us with evil. We get tempted when by our own desires. We desire to get there. So he won't tempt us with evil. And he cannot be tempted by evil. We saw very clearly when Jesus, when, when Satan came, and, and he was tempting Jesus, and he said, if you bow down to me, I'll give you all this land, I mean, these nations. And, you know, he was just promising him wealth and awesome things. And Jesus just said, I don't need that. So God cannot be tempted by evil. It's not in his nature. Okay. And God cannot change his basic nature. One of the other things when it comes to evil is to remember that God cannot sin. Because sin is outside of him. He is holy. He is set apart. He is other. So sin and God do not come together. Okay? That's why the Bible says sin separates us from God. It creates this rift between us and God. Because God is holy, set apart. He's other. And God and sin just cannot get together. So we need to remember this. When we're tempted by evil, that's the devil, or it's our own flesh, but it's not God. Yeah? And God will always be true to his nature, and that speaks about how God is immutable. And we'll look at it in, in a couple of weeks' time, where God's nature will always remain. Okay? So I know a lot of the times we speak about the Old Testament God and the New Testament God. But we must remember that the God of the Old Testament and the God of the New Testament is exactly the same God. Okay? The only difference is Jesus Christ dying on the cross and satisfying the wrath that was so muchly expressed in the Old Testament. But it's still the same God. The same God in the Old Testament that opened the earth for people to be swallowed when they were being disobedient, that burned down cities, that did all these things that we're looking at and we're thinking, oh my God goodness how could a loving god do that it's still the same god of the new testament so they were showing and displaying his power and then he showed us his love and his grace through his son and now he's showing us how to live our lives in such a way that is pleasing to him and to access all that he has for us that we may actually live out what he's called us to live amen so I'm not going to go into that philosophical debate about is, if God is all-powerful, can he, can he create a rock or make a rock that is too heavy for him to lift? Or if God is all-powerful, can he make a prison so secure that even he himself cannot escape from it? 
from it. That is not the point of this message, no? for those that are waiting for it. In this message, really, I really just want to communicate God's power so that we walk away here being empowered and understanding the power that God has and has made available for us. Amen. Awesome. So, in Ephesians 1, verse 18 to 19, Paul says, I pray that the eyes of your hearts may be enlightened so that you may know what is the surpassing greatness of his power towards us who believe in accordance with the working of the strength of his might. That is what God was, I mean, not God, but uh, Paul was praying for the church in Ephesus. He was saying, oh, that your eyes, the eyes of the spirit may be opened, may be awakened to an understanding of how great this power is that God has, of how powerful this God is that you've come to serve. And, and, and it's so important that we understand the power of God. We understand how powerful God is because everybody is looking for something more powerful than they are used to, 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 to be able to do things maybe that are beyond the natural. Yeah? But this God that we're serving really has the ability to do that. He is the God of, of all the impossible. And we need to believe it. Even in our lives. This message, it can be so up there, but I really want us to take it for ourselves and make it practical. Because understanding God's power determines how we live our lives. So we need to, to take that for ourselves. So how do we see this power when, when Paul is, is saying, I pray that, you may, you know, that your eyes may be opened, you know, so that you can understand. You can understand this power. You can see this power. You can, you, you can behold this power. You, you can know this, uh, the greatness of his power um, that has made, been made available to us. We see it through the first thing in which way we see God's power is creation. Isn't it? Jeremiah 32 verse 17 says, Ah, Lord God, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. There is nothing too hard. Nothing too hard for you. You know, sometimes we just need to take time out and look at creation. Look at the sun. Sit outside at night and look at the stars. Look at the fact that there's day and there's night. There's a sun and there's a moon. There's a north pole and there's a south pole. There are animals that have been created to be able to live in thick, icy places. And then there are those that have been created to be able to live in the sea. And then there are those that have been created to be able to live on trees. And the way they've been formed is just so amazing. And I really want to encourage us not to lose touch with nature. Because when we look at creation, we see God's power in creation. We marvel. How many of you have been to the ocean and just stood there and just looked at the sea and just felt like, man, there's something different. It, it, it's like something powerful about the sea. There's just, it just opens your eyes to a, a, a different dimension of who God is. Because it's displaying God's splendor. Yeah? So when we look at creation, 
it, it really makes us realize just how big God is. From the smallest insect to the biggest mammal. It's amazing. I mean, if you look at the creatures that are in the sea, it's a whole different ecosystem down there. A whole different life. The corals and all sorts of things that are down there. And the way the, they survive, the chain, the food chain works. And, and all the stuff, you just look at it and you marvel. I just think, really, God, you're so big. You hold this universe together. Not only have you created, but you sustain everything that you've created. You make sure that everything that you've created is taken care of. And it's in its rightful positions so that nothing may be out of balance. You know, it's just so amazing. I, I often just marvel at creation. Like creation, really, it opens my eyes to see how big God is. It really does. And it's just such a beautiful thing. Um, Isaiah 44 verse 24 says, I, the Lord, am the maker of all things, stretching out the heavens by myself and spreading out the earth alone. Stretching out the heavens and spreading out the earth. <laughs> this is the God that we're serving. Okay? He has made everything. I mean, if you really want to, maybe you haven't had that opportunity to look at creation and all sorts of things. But if you want to see in the Bible where God speaks about his, his strength is when he, he, when he answers Job in the Bible. Yeah. There's all this debate going on about what God does, what he doesn't do. And then finally, God answers. And he starts speaking about everything that he has made. In Job, you can read in Job 38. Guys can actually do it as a study in, in your connect groups. It speaks about, he, he himself speaks and he asks, where were you when I created the earth? Where were you when I did this? Where were you that, when I did this? When I told the water this far and no further? When I, did, I mean, it's, it's God speaking about himself, about how he created the universe. It's so beautiful. I, I really would encourage you guys to read it. We don't have time to go into it. And I mean, it's a long chapter where he speaks about a lot of things that he's done. Some of the things that we didn't even think about that he himself did. Okay? The second place where we can see God's, um, where God expresses his power is through salvation. Salvation is such a powerful thing. You know, the Bible says in, in Romans 1 verse 16, it says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes First to the Jew, then to the Gentile. Salvation is such a powerful thing. First of all, we can't get saved by ourselves. God has to draw us. And, and, and it's a powerful thing that happens within our spirit for us to know God. And this is how I've, I've seen when it comes to salvation. A lot of the times, if you knew somebody, just think about people that you know are saved now, that you may know, where they come from, what kind of lifestyle they had. Especially people that had the most dubious lifestyles. Nah? Maybe they were into drugs, they were players, stealing money, getting drunk all the time, and, and just having a reckless life. When that person gets saved, 
and they change their, their, their whole life changes and they become a different person. And you see them in church and you knew exactly what this person used to be up to. When you see that person, what will your expression be? Hmm? You will be shocked, but then you will also say, only God. Some people will say, truly there is a God in heaven. If this person sitting here could get saved, then there is a God in heaven. Okay? So then we see God's power being displayed. Through salvation. When God can enter someone's life and completely turn it around, when it was going in a specific direction where maybe everybody feared and gave up hope and thought this situation is hopeless. And now looking back at that person and thinking, my goodness, look at what the Lord has done through the power of salvation. And you know, the good thing about um, God's power of salvation is that not only do we see that he can save, but also that he can maintain our salvation. He keeps us in him. Okay? We see that power in our lives. In, in the book of Peter, he speaks about how God has given us everything we need for life and godliness. Okay? In, in um, Philippians 20, 1 verse 24 to 25, he says, To him who is able to keep you from stumbling, and to make you stand in the presence of his glory, blameless with great joy, to the only God our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority, before all time, and now, and forever. So not only does God have the power to get us saved, but God has the power to keep us saved. Okay? That's why the Bible says when Every other thing will try to come against us. We need to stand firm in God, knowing that he who began a good work is faithful to the end. If he could bring you out of the world, he can sustain you in this new world that we're living in, in this new life. You know, often people say, well, not often, but I've heard some people saying, you know, before I got saved, life was so easy. It was really easy. You know, if I needed money, I could borrow, I could make a plan or something. But now it, it's so difficult because I have to live by the principles of God. And sometimes it takes long, man. And also, I'm faced with all sorts of challenges that I didn't have when I wasn't saved. <laughs> you know, people saying this and that happening and this happening and that happening. And, and it's just so difficult. You know? And we look at situations and we think, yo, it's so difficult. I don't know how I can make it. But the God who has called you to salvation will sustain you. He will provide all that we need. Protection from the enemy. He will toughen our hearts to those words that we're hearing we don't want to hear from families or friends and, and stuff. Persecution that's happening at work. But he will keep us. You know? We don't need to look at the stuff that we used to look at before we got saved for provision. Now we can really trust God for provision. You know? And we need to be secured in that. Because some people are, are more, um, they have more faith in the devil to, to kick them out. <laughs> you know? 
to win them over, or not win them over, but to, to, to keep them from, from living out the life, then they have faith in God to keep them to live out the life. So we kick and scream and fight the devil all the time, you know, and, you know, instead of just cultivating our relationship with God and just saying, God, you have kept me. I mean, you brought me here, so you're going to sustain me in this place. And it may be very different from what I, I was used to before I got saved. Because maybe before I got saved, I used to have boyfriends that would give me all the money I needed, that would pay for my flat. Mm-hmm. But now I, I can't have a boyfriend just like that. Do you get what I'm saying? You know, maybe I would just make a deal here quickly. They will bring in money quickly for me to be able to survive. But now I can't do that anymore. Yeah? No dodgy business, none of that stuff. But I have to now trust in your word and trust in you. Okay? So it's so important that, that we understand this. <laughs> that we don't have to look at salvation anywhere else, provision anywhere else, but in God. He fully covers everything that we need. And then the last thing where we see where God, is, where God expresses his power is through the resurrection. You know, in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 55, it says, Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? Okay? Death has been swallowed up. Jesus is the only person that conquered death. Okay? He was the only person that was able to pray for somebody, okay, that came to life, outside of, I think it was Elisha in the Old Testament, that came to life just as a normal human being, without that person being something else. You know, that person didn't come back as a ghost. It wasn't a zombie. It wasn't a, a vampire or any, some weird spirit that came back. That person came back. As they are in the flesh, you could literally touch them and they could continue living their lives. From Lazarus to Tabitha, all those people, you know, they came back alive. Flesh and bone, being able to live life again. Okay? Who else have you seen that can bring the dead to life? Without the power of God, even our witch doctors traditional healers, as long as the person is alive, they can still do something. Yeah? Try and do something. Say they will do something. But the minute the person dies, sorry, the ancestors have taken the spirit. He has gone to be with the ancestors. Or he has joined the spirit realm. You will never find somebody outside of Jesus Christ that brings people back to life. Never. And this resurrection power is inside of us. It's living inside of us. This is the power of God displayed. So that's why even when people were looking at Jesus living his life, they saw that man, this must be a God. Because even the dead are waking up. We've never seen such a thing before. Who is this man that speaks to the dead? They hear their voice, I mean his voice, and they wake up. This is the all-powerful God that we're serving today. And you know what? In, in, in um, John 5, verse 28 to 29, it says, An hour is coming 
Jesus said, in which all who are in the tombs shall hear his voice and shall come forth, those who did the good deeds to a resurrection of life, those who committed the evil deeds to a resurrection of judgment. Do you know that every single person that has ever lived and ever died, there's a day coming when every single one of them will rise again before the judgment seat of Jesus. And it will be either to eternal condemnation or eternal life. And saints, eternity is a very long time. You know, a lot of the time, we, we, we think about this life that we're living in now today. The 60, 70, 100 years. If we're lucky, maybe 120 years. We think of them and, and we live our lives as, it's, as if this is all. This is all we have to live for. So we're trying our best to get the car, the house, the what, the what. And we're just living for now. But have we ever thought about the fact that this is just a drop compared to living forever? It's just a drop compared to eternity. And what we're doing today, how we live our lives today, will echo into eternity. Okay? It's just a drop in the bucket. Yeah? But it will determine how our lives will end up in that place called eternity. That's why it's so important to live for Jesus now. It's so important for us to build up and store up treasures that will last It's so important that as we're living our lives, we live it with eternity in mind. Okay? What I'm doing today, how does it echo into eternity? How does it affect eternity? What am I storing up for myself? Because there are a lot of people who are thinking, man, we're living the life. Today is all we've got. Okay? Make the most out of it. Yeah? Make the most out of it. So we are just partying and what, what, you never know. Life is unpredictable. You can, you can die, so experience as much as you can and do whatever you can. But how does that affect eternity? Where you end up living for the rest of your life. I mean, this is still something that we, 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 we struggle to get our minds a, a, around. Even I sometimes sit and I'm just thinking, God. This eternity thing, what does it really look like? You know, you've given us this time to live on earth. There's a time when you're coming back to judge, to separate those that are for you, those that were against you. And then those that were for you, you still separate according to the works that they've done and the works that they've not done. Yeah? Because that's what the Bible says. Those that were in Christ will be judged according to their works. And then we live forever. Forever is is a difficult thing to grasp. (laughs) It really is. But we need to to just keep this in mind that death has nothing on us. Even those that are hoping, (laughs) you know, let, let me just quickly kill myself so that this life ends. You kill yourself, you wake up to a different life. Forever. Okay? 
It's scary stuff, eh? But there's great news for those that are in Christ. Yeah? So it's just amazing to see that Jesus was really the only person who conquered death. And because of him, we've got hope. We have hope for a resurrected life. Ephesians 1, verse 19 to 20 says, In his, um, yeah, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. Okay? That is the power that is in God that was able to just cause Jesus to rise from death, yeah? become alive again, be taken up in heaven, and sit at the right hand side of the, of the Father. That's God's power. We see it. Salvation creation, and resurrection. If there's any time we doubt God's power, let's just look into those three things. Just those three things alone can show you how powerful God really is. They can already settle your heart that the God that we're serving is a powerful God. Um, In that same scripture, Ephesians 1 verse 19 to 20, there are at least four words for power that are used. Yeah? that God has given us to be able to sustain us here on earth, where it says the might, um, that power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly, in the heavenly realm. It's a power that is now made available for us. And, and the power, when we say power, we can think one-dimensional. We can think, oh, power, explosive, da-da-da. But here we'll see how it's actually been diff- broken down into different words to express the depth of what power really is. The first one, I think this is in Greek, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's Greek. The first one is dunamis, dynamite. Yeah, inherent power, explosive power that we have. It's our inherent power that we got when Christ was raised from the dead. The second one is energia. I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly. Which comes from the English word or refers uh, to the English word energy, which is operative power. We can operate. We've got strength to operate because of the power that God has made available in us. The third one is kratos, strength or dominion. The power to dominate here on earth and to live out everything that God has promised us to live out. So we are not victims on this earth. God has given us everything that we need to be able to live as victors. So if we are sitting just saying, oh, woe is me, nothing good is happening. I was really trusting the Lord for this and this. And then we always have a victim mentality. Speak to yourself and say, hey, wake up. The power that God has placed inside of me is so powerful to make me overcome these circumstances and be able to live out the life that he's called me to live. Amen? And the last one, Ephraim, help me here. Ichus. Is it Ichus? Iskus. Is it Iskus? My goodness, I was going in the German direction. And it's Iskus, which is might, endowed power. That is the might that we have. So all forms of power... Has really been released for us. It's not just explosive power, it's staying power, it's might, 
It's domineering power. So we've got the full package of God's power to live out the life that he's called us to live. Isn't that powerful? God's power is so powerful. I like the sound of that. <laughs> you know? God's power is so powerful. And, and knowing this, knowing that, man, we're serving an all-powerful God who cannot be compared to any other God, who cannot, no other God can stand in his presence, as we're seen in the contest of the gods at Mount Carmel, with Elijah and the prophets of Baal, where they were competing and saying, let us see whose whose God is more powerful. We saw how God answered with fire. They said, let the God who answers with fire be the one true God. And God, the God we serve, Jehovah, answered with fire that rained from heaven and consumed the altar of Elijah with the water and everything on it while the prophets of Baal were screaming and shouting and cutting themselves for their God to show himself. We have seen the power of this God when the temple of God was stolen from the, uh, not the temple, but the Ark of the Covenant was taken away and it was put in some strange temple of other gods to, as a collection of gods. And he said, no, that's not how it works. I won't be put at the same level as these gods. Something's got to give here because I am the only God. And they found their God, Dagon, flat on the ground. They saw it. They put him back. They found him flat and smashed the second time. God was trying to show them. We've seen that. We've seen the God that, 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 that was going before the Israelites with a pillar of fire at night and a cloud by day. We've seen the power, the power of this God in the Old Testament that would split open mountains, split open the, 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 the sea even for people to walk through on, on dry ground. It is still the same God that we're serving today. That is the God that we've come to worship. That is the God that we've come to live for. And we need to be convinced that this God will always work on our behalf. And there is nothing, no situation that is impossible. Even if it's taking longer than we thought. The same God that was able to grant Abraham and Sarah a baby way past the time of birthing. Yeah? is the same God that we're serving today. And I love that prophetic word that came out from Felicity this morning. When she was just talking about how we still need to keep believing God for healing. We still need to keep believing God. And when we say healing, it's not just emotional healing. It's not just a headache, but for physical healing. Yeah? I love what Aunt Catherine and the guys do when they go to the hospital, constantly praying for people. That's because they still believe the same God that spoke in his word that I've come to heal everybody, is the same God that they're serving today. And we need to continue trusting in that. And we need to step out and trust God, sorry, to display his power through us. So how do we apply this power of God in our lives? The first place is the place of worship, how we worship God. 
Godfrey had an awesome word this morning, and I was actually thinking about it last night, and he came and he shared that word about revering God. You know, when we're standing in awe, I mean, just in the presence of God, if you don't, if you don't, if you don't understand how big God is, how powerful he is, it's going to be very difficult to worship him. Very difficult. But if we know we've come to worship a God that is above all other gods, that is the first and the last, the beginning and the end, who holds the whole universe together, who speaks and there is life, who created every single thing here on earth, when we come into the presence of that God, our attitude needs to be different. We need to stand in awe. We are coming to worship the creator of the universe. Yeah? When we go to meetings where the president is coming, we're called to attention to honor the president, isn't it? When we hear and we call to worship, we are worshiping in reverence the God that we've come to serve. Which means that our way of worship should really be different. Sometimes we're worshiping God and people are on their cell phones just chatting. Yeah? Or they're just sitting saying, I don't feel like worshiping today. They've made this worship about their feelings. It's not about feelings, people. It's not about, is that my song? I'm feeling this song. I just want to worship. No. As much as that adds... To us, worshiping God, it's, it's not primarily about that. It shouldn't be. It's about standing in awe and in reverence of God. And we know that worship is not just what we do on Sundays here. It's how we live our lives every day. So how I'm living my life every day as I'm waking up, as I'm going to work, as I'm driving, as I'm doing whatever it is that I'm doing. Am I doing it in reverence of God? It's important. The power of God should give us confidence here on, life, on earth. You have confidence in the God that you're serving. If you don't have confidence in God, there's a distortion of how you see God. And a lot of us have been there. Even I myself have been at a place where I was like, Oh, God, I don't know. I don't know if you're going to come through with this one. This looks very messy. Oh, I don't know if I can trust you here. Looks like I need to make my own plan. But the minute that seeps in, we need to understand that we've lost focus of who God truly is. Because when we know that He holds the whole universe together, when we know that He's gone before us, He's paved the path for us, it is easy to be confident in Him, knowing that my life is in His hands. And as long as I'm listening to him to direct me, I will be fine. Amen? It gives us hope in this life. Hope that it doesn't matter how hopeless the situation is, God will always be able to turn it around. Huh? Even though it may be impossible for us, it is not impossible with God. So it will always give you hope. And hope we hold on to until the day Jesus Christ returns. We continue to hope in God.
doesn't matter how dead a situation looks. Okay? We need to keep hoping. You know, some people, all they need to do is lose their job or fail an exam. Then life is over. It's over. They, they can't live anymore. They can't wake up. It's depression. It's just take me now, Lord. Do you know that? But we must always have hope because God has called us to a greater hope. You know, Paul, when he was about to die, he was like, he was wrestling in his spirit. He was like, I, 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 I'm hoping that I can stay a bit longer so that I can do the work, but I also want to go to Jesus. You know, I also want to die and be in heaven if the Lord takes me. So he's speaking like that. And how many of us speak like that? Very few, you know. It's like now it has to happen here. Now I want to see it. But our hope needs to be in God. And then the next thing is comfort. Okay. Jeremiah 3 verse. I mean, there are a lot of scriptures there that I'm not going to go through. But you guys can go through it in your connects. It speaks about comfort. God is the one that gives us comfort in every situation. Sad situations, losing a loved one, God is our comfort. Yeah. When things don't work out the way we were hoping they would work out, we go back to the, to the Lord and we find comfort in Him. Okay. Let Him be our source of comfort always. And we can always find comfort in knowing that He is in control of everything. He is in control. Victory is the last thing. We know God's power. He's made it available for us to live a victorious life. We do not live defeated lives. God has not called us to a defeated life. He has called us to victorious lives. In every situation, we are victorious because Christ was victorious first. So every storm, always in every storm, just remember, Jesus was the one that got onto the boat with the disciples. The storm was so heavy. The waters were all over, it was just, it looked like a situation of death. But he was able to speak to the storm and say, be silent. And he can speak to our storms today as well. We must just give him the opportunity to do so. And we must have faith in him to speak to those storms. And not always try and have plan B or plan C, but really look to him. Amen. So I want to end there this morning, and I really just want to encourage us that God's power, you know, this powerful God that we have come to serve, has, he really wants us to know that he has made everything available for us, his children, to live out. And the powerful God that he is, he wants to live out through us. And we need to give him that opportunity to do so. And we can only do that through faith. Faith in him. Not if we're doubting. Not if we're speaking badly about situations. Not if we're, you know, just chatting about things. But really trusting him. Amen. So I want us to rise so that we can pray into this word this morning. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we just thank you, Lord, that... 
as you take us on a journey of getting to know you more, Lord Jesus, that you will just release more and more and more of your presence over our lives, Lord Jesus. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you've come to display even your power. Father God, we thank you, Lord, that we're serving a powerful God this morning, Lord. And even as we're serving a powerful God, we pray for the evidence of God's power in our lives, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Father, where we had given up on situations, given up on things, oh, Father God, because of fear of man and fear of maybe looking like fools, Lord Jesus. We really pray, Father, that you will just break that off us this morning, oh, Father God, and that you'll give us a new confidence in you, Father God. Lord, I thank you, Lord that you say that a double-minded man receives nothing from the Lord. And therefore, this morning, we pray, Lord, that we will not be double-minded, O Father God, but we will put our hope and our trust in you, fully in you, Father God, knowing, Lord, that you are the God that delivers. You are the God that speaks, and it is so. You are the God that has come to give us life and life in abundance, O Father God. And you are the God that holds all things together. And therefore, this morning, Lord, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy, and we thank you for your kindness. And I really just sense this morning that that, that thing of confidence in God, I really believe the Lord wants to restore a confidence in some people this morning. You've been trusting God for things to come through, but you've lost confidence in Him. You've lost that, 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 that faith that, that causes you to hold on to God's promises. And it's almost like you're saying uh, this morning, you're just saying, oh, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, I really don't care anymore because I feel like I've given God enough time and I feel like I've done all that I could do. And the Lord just wants to encourage you this morning and say, it's not about you, but it's about me. Will you look to me? Will you put your trust and your confidence in me? Is there anyone like this this morning? You've lost your confidence. If that's you, you've lost your confidence in God. I just want you to raise your hand so that I can pray for you to just break off whatever fear or insecurity that is. Father, right now in the mighty name of Jesus, I just lift up these people before you, Father God, who once trusted, who once knew what it is to trust you regardless of Father God, holding on to your promises of Father God, where lies have crept in, where fears have crept in, where, where, where just um, weariness has crept in, Father God. I really pray that you will come and break that off and that you will come and replace you that with your truth right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you for the mind of Christ in those areas. The mind of Christ right now in the name of Jesus. Remove the scales. May they fall to the ground and may they see the situation the way you see them. The way you see it right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you for restoration in that area. Thank you for your peace, oh Father God. Thank you for your joy in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And I sense that there are some people here, you've been praying a lot for your family. And you've really been trusting God's power to move for you to be able to prove to them that God really works. And the Lord wants to let you know that it's not foolishness for you to trust Him for that. And he wants you to know that he is going to answer that cry. And you're going to see that your family is going to see the power of God. Is there anyone like that this morning? You've been praying. You've just been saying, God, please display your power. I want my family to know how powerful you are. I want my family to know the power of this living God. Father, this morning in the name of Jesus, we thank you for testimonies that are coming through. 
testimonies of the powerful God that we serve working in the lives of our families. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you will enter into those situations right now, that you will use your saints in this place to minister, to pray, and to display your power. They will see you moving miraculously, Father. I pray for an increase right now, Lord Jesus, of your miraculous power over their lives, an open heaven to see things that they never thought they would be able to see, Father God. In Jesus' name, we thank you for that. Thank you, Daddy. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Awesome. God bless you all. Um, We're going to continue praying for people this morning. If you've been trusting God for anything,